Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. everyone and welcome to season four episode one of the creative exponent podcast and we're back <laughs> actually we are recording this in December uh, so so we're not really back yet but we are yes <laughs> but now we're back yes. on the podcast in um season four we both are taking time off or did take time off in January yeah. so we wanted to get this done before that um yeah so we are going to talk today, we're actually answering a question that somebody mm-hmm. sent me back in December, and it's just kind of a different, you yeah. know, a different topic for us, something that's just a little fun, I think a good way to start the beginning of the year. So I got this message, hi, Marion, love your podcast, which is great. <laughs> She's from the South because she says, can y'all do one in the future about antiques and vintage finds and furniture? Yeah. My husband and I just purchased a second home that we want to Airbnb one day and I want to decorate with great finds. Yeah. And um, we were at first we were like, well, that's going to be interesting and different. But we both have we've both been. Yeah. I want to say like furniture artists, antique dealers. We both have refinished furniture that's really how we got connected Mm -hmm. is we're both kind of furniture girls in the blog world early when there weren't like you know nine million it was just like seven (laughs) of us (laughs) that were doing this is like before instagram before pinterest before algorithms on facebook it was the very very early days yes blogging yeah and we were a couple of the the people who shared furniture makeovers on the in the blog world yeah and we both love decorating our spaces yeah. with now, not just, we're not going to focus just on antiques and yeah. things, but really about creating a space that you just love to be in that yeah. feels really good. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Some practical things as yeah. well as just some things to think through, whether you're decorating a studio, a creative mm-hmm. space, or even just, you know, just your, your home. home in general. Yeah. I mean, it really all, it all applies. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we're going to plug our blogs here because we both have years of we do. posts on Thousands furniture makeovers, shopping for furniture. So yeah. mine is MissMustardSeed.com. Yes. And you can find Shauna. Mine is still PerfectlyImperfectBlog.com is the domain. It will be changing this yeah. year, but it'll just be redirected. You won't notice anything. So Yeah. So that's where you can find like specific articles yeah. about painting furniture, fi- shopping Tutorials, for it, yeah. all of that stuff. And then also in, um, d- you shared some furniture stuff in your book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I fi- did. So a the bunch. $50, yeah, the $50 Home Makeover yeah. is a book that you'd want to check out by Shauna. And that yeah. has um, a lot of great, it yeah. has so many great projects in it. A so if you're just like, projects. I just need some quick, inexpensive, yeah. fun projects, that's a great book for that. And then Feels Like Home, yep. my book that came out in October, really talks all about customizing your space. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot about paint and furniture makeovers, yeah. arranging furniture. Yep. So that's those are going to be better places to go to yeah. get really good visuals and yeah. to deep in the nitty yeah in the nitty gritty of it yeah we're just gonna kind of do little flyovers of just kind of where we like to find stuff what to look for yeah 
just some basics to, to do in your, your yeah. spaces in your house. Yeah. I'm literally yeah, so. giving, sorry. I, <laughs> but I mean, how about my life is just like today, disrupting all the things. Andrew I came to Shana the window. I see like looking and waving. <laughs> Andrew and... came to the window to make sure it was okay to walk inside. And I'm like, yes, just come ahead. <laughs> But then I'm quiet when you stop talking. So yeah, I I get this. Um, so I I film myself yeah. doing things a lot for YouTube yeah. and for to share on social media. I as you do as well yeah. with like painting yeah. things. You'll have a camera going. So I do often get the like the look sign sign language. <laughs> like is it okay to come in here? Right. Yeah, and um, I'm like, yeah, I'm not using sound. Come yeah, on in come or, on in. No, right, silent like, nose. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes. So let's talk about where to find yeah. stuff because I think that's a huge question. Where did you yeah. get yeah. whatever? Fill in the blank. And yeah. I'm asked that a lot. I know you're asked that a lot. Oh yeah. So where where are some of your favorite places to find just I don't unique things, functional yeah. things, things that feel good that fit your style? Yeah. So. You know, my style has evolved over the years. So I went from really shopping at antique stores or flea markets, really, um, almost exclusively to now I like to, you know, I like to mix old and new. So there's, you know, a lot of pieces in here that are vintage, but there's a lot that are, you know, that are new as well. Um, and so for that reason, I find one of my favorite places to go is, and it's not one specific store, but like... It's a um, sort of like an upscale flea market where there's, um, you know, there's diff obviously different vendors and not everything is necessarily vintage. So it's just different booths that are really curated well. Um, and I think that's where I go when I sort of want to have like a sure enough, <laughs> I'm going to find some things, you know, shopping experience. Now, I still love to meander around. We have one, you know, right up the road called Angels Antiques, and it's just this huge warehouse of some junk and some really awesome pieces, you know. But in, in the South specifically, depending on where you're from, we don't have a lot. We really don't. Not in, in my area in Alabama, which I have gone pretty much all over the state. <laughs> So looking for <laughs> antiques. So there's not a ton of antique stores that, that are just filled with furniture. You know what I mean? You kind of have to hunt for furniture a lot longer. Um, you know, you can certainly find some cool pieces on Facebook Marketplace, but I get super stressed out with that. So I, I tend to not go there very often unless I'm just like, I'm desperate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but that's, I really love going to a place that has vendors that are encouraged to really sort of curate their booths a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. That's sort of my, my favorite shopping experience and where I'll find, um, you know, smalls and furniture, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, I get a pillow or I, you know what I mean? It's just a good mix because you're kind of guaranteed to probably run across somebody's style that you really mesh with. Um, of course, now I, like I said, I still, though, I love a good, let me go in every single booth and touch every like old paintbrush and, you know, metal what ever it is and see if I can find a spot for it. So um, those are still my favorites. 
And then, you know, I do shop online, of course. I'm still an Etsy person and a, you know, let me get on Wayfair and see if I can find something, new mm-hmm. things, you know, so I'll mix those in. Um, yep. My studio space is filled with a lot of Ikea stuff for right now. And I'll be, I'll add, it's a tiny space. So now the dining room that we turned into an office has, three. I'm looking at three vintage pieces, four, and, you know, new. So, you know, those are some inherited actually, and then some just from antique stores and, you know, um, yeah, I think the main thing is to find, you know, places in your area, if it's obviously physical shopping that, that you just know that you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy when you're in there and you know that like the aesthetic and the style, um, works for you so that you're not, cause it can be frustrating to fill a space when you're yeah. just like not finding anything. So I would say don't keep going back to the places too often if you never find anything there. Because with antiques and vintage, that, you know, that's the thing. You do have to to be patient and to keep looking and go back and check. And so you just may have to check a few off your list first, you know, before you find the perfect spot where you feel like you tend to to find those pieces more frequently, you know. Yeah, because there are very different kinds of antique yeah. stores. I think there are some old school antique stores yeah. that are filled with cases that have yeah. all the, you know, the collectibles. Yes. And I'm using little air quotes yeah. to say collectibles. <laughs> right. um, and some of those I get very frustrated in as someone mm-hmm. who's been an antique dealer. And yeah. I'm like, I've been in this store a few times over five years and it yeah. looks identical. How yeah. are you guys making your money? Where, yeah. why is there not turnover? Like if you're not selling things fast enough, yeah. then you need to like get a broader audience, yeah. sell online. You, there yeah. should be more turnover. And I love stores that are like that, that are yes. more design oriented, that are heavily shopped, that yeah. things are discounted when they're not selling, yeah. that every time you go there, there's, there's something new. new. Yeah, me too. And there's a great consignment store that's local to me called Kismet that uh-huh. it's like that. I can yeah. go there, you know, a couple times in a week and yeah. there's going to be new things. The prices yeah. are great. Stuff moves fast. So I think it's about finding those places in your area yeah. that are real kind of sweet spots for you that you walk mm-hmm. in and you just get excited about. Yeah. I love using Craigslist and yeah. Facebook Marketplace. I yeah. think a lot of the furniture in my house yeah. is from Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And that's one of the things I just kind of check a few times a week when I was an uh-huh. antique dealer. Right, and especially buying then. And selling furniture, I would check it every day, yeah. sometimes multiple times a day. But... And I found so many good things yeah. on there. I found, so one of my most recent finds was actually like an early Christmas present for me. And it's a, a Victrola. It's about yeah. 100 years old. It's 1920s. Oh, cool. And it's working. And I was able to talk with the gentleman who owned it. It was from his family. His great-grandfather built it from a kit. I mean, oh, so it's neat. really cool. Yeah. It was a great find. It was $150. So I think you just have to... When people ask, like, where do you get your stuff? It's mm-hmm. like everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I just yeah. look all over the place. I've gotten things off the side of the curb. Yep. I've gotten things at very nice antique stores, at markets, yep. at flea markets, at yard sales, at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's finding those kind of combing around in those places mm-hmm. in your area. And it does take a bit of uh, reconnaissance, yeah. especially if you haven't. 
um, been there, very you know, long, been in the area yeah. for very long, or you, or you haven't shopped like this before, then mm-hmm. you have to kind of, okay, let me look at the used furniture stores in the area. Let me look yeah. at, um, even auctions can yeah, be a great I place. Can. You just, you just need to know what kind of auction it is. There's yeah. some very high end auctions that have a lot of fees associated, like yeah. buyer's fees and things. There are some auctions that are just sort of like, man, I mean, you just write a check, like yeah. right on the spot yep. and like you have to take it home that day yeah and yeah it's very like um i don't know it's it's a bit more like going to a thrift store uh-huh. but you know you've you've got a bid on, yeah. on your items so there's all kinds of ways to shop i think that markets like antique markets mm-hmm. and fairs are a great place oh yeah some really special stuff because yeah. you get a access to a wide variety of vendors they want to do well and represent their style well so they almost always bring a few showcase pieces that are those really special like the big old store counters and the things that can be kitchen islands and the things that that are those Mm -hmm. huge hutches and just things that can be real showstoppers in a Which, house. again, in the South can be, you You have to be patient for those things. They're not, like I tell you yeah. all the time, I'm like, if I could find the amount of like, you know, little maker's cabinets and things like that, you know, card catalog, I, it's just not easily found. It's really not. You have to look and look and look and be patient and, um, I don't know. What is that about? Like, why did why did the yeah. North get all those pieces? <laughs> I, you know, well, I think the antiquing is definitely better where I lived in yes. Pennsylvania. I oh, mean, yeah, it was I, great there. Oh, it's so rich with antiques. And I think you have a lot of people who stay in the same area for a long time. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of old homes that are passed down. Right. Like, especially what you see in Pennsylvania a lot is people don't move to a new house. They just... Yeah add on more. Yeah. To, so you see these houses that just go on forever because they've yeah. been adding on to it for generations. Yeah. So you end up with a lot of yard cells that, ha- you know, this is our attic. These are just yeah. our, this is yeah. our junk that we're getting rid of and it's right. like hundred year old stuff. It's yeah. really great stuff. So I think you see that a lot more. Um, it was a great area. I'm in Minnesota now mm-hmm. and the antiquing is definitely not as good out here. Yeah. Um, I still, I found some beautiful things. I found a great European pine cabinet when I first moved here on Craigslist. I found a pair of French Brigitte chairs. Um, I found all kinds of great little things and it, but it didn't find them all at once. And it was just sort Um, of over time is just keeping an eye out for things. And when I go back to the East coast, I will go, you know, do mm -hmm. a bunch of shopping. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I do think some things tend to congregate. Yeah. Um, when I lived in Florida, the antiquing, I don't feel like was as good there. Yeah. And I think that it had a lot to do with a lot of people retire in Florida mm-hmm. and they just sort of sell all their things yeah. before they move there. That's <laughs> so right. You, you don't end up with a lot of, Mm-mm. uh, you know, houses being cleaned out that have a lot of antiques in them. Right. But, right. But who knows? Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No. Today. <laughs> like, why? Why things travel and don't travel <laughs> right. and all of that. But, oh. but anyway, those are places we like to, to yeah. shop. Um, and for me, and I don't know if you're this way as well, but for me, 
I like things that feel unique. That's an important thing for me, whether they're new or not. So even new things that I've bought, like my dining room chairs are off of Wayfair, but Mm -hmm. I reupholstered them and I made some covers for them. Yeah. And not everybody's going to want to do that with a brand new chair. I realize that's a little crazy to do with Uh -uh. a brand new chair, but that's just kind of the way I, I I like can't leave well enough alone. Yeah. I like it. I imagine exactly how I want it to be. And so I'm willing to, well, this is the shape I want and I'm willing to paint it or Mm -hmm. reupholster it or do something to make it exactly as I picture. But I think that that's a key to making a space feel very personal and custom. Yeah. Yeah. Willing to customize things if functionally they're, they're there and the shape is right, but something about it is, is feeling off than to be willing to just like, well, I can, Right. Make an adjustment and make it look how I want it to look and right. how I picture my space looking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, it's just a, this is sort of something we put at the bottom, but just to say like you, the time, you know, you have to, no matter where you're shopping, it's like just taking time to like, let the spaces speak to you, what you need, That's huge for me. Like, I'm still piddling with this house. You know, we've been in it a year. I'll keep doing that Um, for a while. I was really, you know, it was funny right when we moved in. um, I just needed it to feel new and clean, you know, because I think we went through this six-month period of deep purging and packing and all the stuff. And so when the house was finally finished and we moved in, I just needed it to feel like I could breathe in it. And it was, everything was off the counters. Obviously that has changed now. We have been here for a year. (laughs) Things are on the surfaces and it's time for a reorganization of many spaces. But, um, you know, I just want to take my time. I'm just not in a hurry to like... 24-hour flip the rooms. I just want to find the right things, the right pieces. I want to live in it long enough in each space to decide, especially my workspaces, you know, what do I need? Like I've finally now a year later decided, okay, in this dining room that we've turned into an office, it feels too transitional and not grounded because there's nothing in it that makes it feel like really it's an office. So Mm. it needs to feel like a library to me. That's the logical solution. So we've got to add built-ins, you know, and those will obviously be new. Or if I can find an old piece that's huge, I would incorporate that, Um, you know, but it needs, it needs that. And so it, it takes some time to kind of come up with what is really going to make the space feel the most functional and really pleasing to your eye and to your activity, whatever you're doing, you know, in it. Um, And I think that's the temptation is like, I want to find great pieces and that, you know, that's going to take some time. So the number one thing is just like being patient and seeing how you live in it and what you really need and what you really want you know, and being okay with the fact that that may take a little bit of, um, little bit of time, you know, to get quote there, you know, wherever there is. And if it's not like, yes, this gives me butterflies. This is the piece. It's perfect in every way. Then just don't get it. Just Just wait, wait. let that, let that money burn a hole in your pocket. Just let it happen. That's right. And 
wait until you find something that's just really the perfect thing. Yeah. So some practical things. And this is important because when <laughs> you're going out and you've saved your money and you're ready to buy something and you see something and like it's so close and you really want it to work, but mm-hmm. there's some major flaws with it. <laughs> Yeah. Then you need to like ahead of time set what your bar is and make sure like, okay. So one thing I suggest always, anytime you're buying used furniture is to give the piece, the sniff test, put Mm -hmm. your face in it, make sure it doesn't smell. Well, make sure you can live with whatever it smells like. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to say because some people have varying degrees of sensitivity. Some people don't mind pet smells. Some right. people don't mind smoke smells. Other people like can't even, you know, <laughs> can't even handle it. No. And let me tell you, this is from experience that oh. I have bought some pieces that were really cool pieces that were so, they smelled so bad. It's just not I, even I just could hardly handle being near them. It yeah. was so bad. Oh yeah. And there are ways we both share have shared ways that you can mm-hmm. clean furniture, and there are definitely ways that you can get rid get rid of smells. Yeah. But there are some smells that are just cat like, urine always. is pretty much gonna always be there if it's heavy. Yeah. The cat urine I think smell like is cigarette. Yeah, cigarette smoke, smoke is another one that's always going to be there. Yeah, yeah, or, or even pieces that have been in a fire. Those yeah. are really hard to get that yeah. smoke smell out. It just permeates, especially upholstery and wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so g- give it the sniff test. Yeah, um, especially in like an antique store, used furniture yeah. store, thrift store, where everything smells funky. It's so yeah. weird that like every thrift store has that same smell. I it's know. Like, how does that a happen? A blend everybody's, of all these weird smells. collective <laughs> stuff smells the same when you put it all together. Because um, then you don't know, like, is this actually just thrift store smell? Right. Or is this like, there's there's a real stinkiness with this piece, which mm-hmm. I have, again, I have bought pieces that I, one of them did end up just on the curb. Yeah. It, there like, was no, nope, can't fix it. It was, it was yeah. so bad. There were so many bad smells. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, especially with secondhand too, or if you're buying something that's on a clearance because of some, you know, deficiency, make sure that it's something that you have the ability to repair, customize, fix it, whatever it is. Um, some things are very easy to fix. Like if there's no hardware or missing mirror, like that's Mm -hmm. a really easy way, easy piece that is discounted and it's easy to fix. Whereas things like chair legs or um, bottoms of the drawers or, you know, just, yeah, yeah, make sure it's, yeah, doable for you. Because if not, it's just not worth it. It's just not. Because then you're going to have to pay someone to fix it. So again, then you're kind of losing that. Um, that affordability, you know, is probably part of the reason you want to buy it. So, and it's just not fun then. You bring it home and it's this thing that kind of turns into a draining project rather than exciting, you know? It sits in your garage, your husband's mad at you because (laughs) it's in the garage and you're like, you have a pit in your stomach because you spent money on something that's not going to work. It's it's not functional at all. Yeah. Um, And I think another thing is to really be aware of, not only because I think especially if you're buying pieces for their aesthetic quality, yeah. like whether you photograph your work or as in this question, she's furnishing an Airbnb. So you right. want pieces that are going to be really, you know, they're really going to yeah. 
photograph well and look yeah. really cool. And um, if you're working on a creative space and you mm -hmm. want these pieces that are just like, yeah. I don't know, they just make you excited, you love yeah. them. And a lot of times what I'll see is, is people buy pieces that have tons of little drawers or cubbies yeah. and those look so cool and they photograph well. Right. But unless you have things to put in those tiny little drawers, yeah. it's really going to become just this huge art piece that's yeah. not functional. And maybe if you have enough room, like then who cares? Okay, right. go for it. Sure. You know, but if you're in a space where every bit of storage mm -hmm. matters, then really think about that. What mm -hmm. will fit in these drawers? What will fit in these cubbies? Yeah. What do I, what are the tools and materials that I use currently yeah. that are going to work? And that's so important to think about with bookshelves. Do you yeah. have a lot of books? Are yeah. these shelves heavy enough that they're yeah. not going to sag after a year of putting all your books on them? Yeah. Can you adjust the height of the shelves to accommodate right. <laughs> like huge fat art books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, what, so it's just important to think about all of those practicality things because yeah. it's so easy to just fall in love with a piece because of how it In looks. a vacuum. Right. And then it's not. And then when you get it in your house, functional. it's like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's also important to think about it in the context of your home. And yeah. I moved from a 1940s Cape Cod with mm -hmm. slanted low ceilings, mm -hmm. you know, it's just teeny tiny rooms. Yeah. Everything had to be very small in scale mm -hmm. and everything had to be, um, it just had to fit with that aesthetic. If yeah. I put like this huge oversized furniture in there, it yeah. just wouldn't look right. Yeah. So proportions are really important to pay attention to. And then when I moved to Minnesota, I'm in this, you know, like suburban house. It's like 17 years old. It has nine foot ceilings. Mm -hmm. It has very large rooms. Yeah. And everything that I brought from my 1940s yeah. house just like shrunk. It Dwarfed. looked so. Yeah. 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 It looked like I had like kid furniture yeah. in the rooms. And so I had to really adjust and do some tweaking to buy pieces that yeah. had that were larger in scale that fit the aesthetic of the, the space. Home. So think about yeah. the context as well. And I think you experienced that with this house oh, as yeah. well that you moved to, that it's has more of a contemporary it does. feel and not, yeah. and you know, not, not as many walls. I don't have as many walls oh, yeah. in here for some reason. Like I had so many walls to put long, big pieces of furniture, same square footage house. Um, yeah. but it's just laid out differently. There are a lot of half walls and a lot of the, the cased openings are really big in here. So there's just not as much wall space without windows, you know, um, yep. for big, long, like console style stuff. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting, I don't know. The kitchen feels three times as big, but the living room is feels half the size. You know, I don't know what it is square footage wise, but yeah, I just think no matter if it's for a creative workspace or for the home in general, that that time thing and just getting in it and being willing to like not be so excited to finish it that you don't put yourself in a place where you fill it with stuff that just doesn't work, you know, and it doesn't, yeah. the space doesn't work. You can't, you know, you've cluttered your walkways. Like that's the fastest way to not enjoy your home is to not space plan, you know, and to yeah. not think through, 
Um, now I feel like we're a decorating podcast, but we do decorate and we have done it for a long time. So, um, well, and I think that's a big part of creativity yeah, It is. is your space around you. And we have talked about setting up a workspace because mm-hmm. if your space just does not feel good when yeah. you walk into it, it's messy. It's not yeah. functional. You can't find anything, yep. whether it's your house or a creative workspace, yep. it, that's, that's a liability. It's not yeah. an asset. And we yeah. want our homes should be assets to how yeah. we live our lives, to how we work. And yeah. I think it's even more important now with so many oh, people gosh, working yeah. from home, so many people doing school from home, all of mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it's just so important to have your space work yeah. well for you and really be yeah. an asset. And I think another part of that is to not make default choices. I love yeah. that you turned your dining room into an office yeah. and that you yeah. you started it as a studio and it wasn't working. So yeah. then you swapped yep. it, rooms. And as you're in the space, you're sort of thinking about how can we really use all of the spaces yep. the best? Yep. And sometimes it's not using it at for its intended purpose. Yeah. It's turning a a dining room into a library or right. turning a sitting area off of a kitchen into mm-hmm. a little hangout place with a yeah. sofa or yeah. it's taking over your family room for a right. school room because <laughs> that's what you need right now. Right. And I think that that's okay. And sometimes we don't, Yeah. sometimes we feel like we can't do that because this is supposed to be the dining right. room and we already have the dining room furniture, but right. just let, let the home speak to you and, yeah. and, make sure it's an asset for the life that you need to live there. That's right. That's sort of, yeah, that's it. (laughs) it. Like I got nothing else. That's it. And I would say, oh, I was going to say real quick for like an Airbnb rental. Yeah. That is a place that you can just have fun. Fun. Yes, totally. It's not something that you have to live with all the time that you're going to get sick with. Uh, or sick of. So I would say just go ahead and like have fun with it. And that's right. The thing that I would put a real emphasis on is making sure that the beds are comfortable. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, the stuff is nice, but not too nice. So that if it's ruined away, it's okay. Or ruined. Yeah. It's okay. That's a great, great reason to use secondhand pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would also suggest staying in the house for a few days so you can learn like, Oh wow. Yes. We need a spatula and (laughs) a light by the bed would be really nice. Or let's, you know, um, how about an outlet here for people to be able to charge their phones? So I think, um, whether it's a guest room in your own house or Uh a little cottage you want to rent out or, you know, a beach house that you're in some of the time, yeah. but you rent out the rest of the time. I think it's really important to think about um, mm-hmm. all those little pieces that make a space feel welcome, especially yeah. when people are leaving reviews. You want to absolutely sure address those things. We stayed at a house in Maine and it was a wonderful little house. Like it shingled. Mm-hmm. It hadn't been updated since yeah. like, probably the late 60s. Uh-huh. It was so like a time warp. Yeah. But it was charming. It was on this little spit of land. So we yeah. had two beaches on each side. I mean, yeah. it was really great. But <laughs> let me tell you what. The humidity got to those mattresses. Wow. Oh, <laughs> they, gosh. I have never experienced an actual mattress that was so hard. Like, it, there was no give. It was oh. a total solid rock of foam. Oh, no. That's and awful. 
So I'm, and I'm not one, I don't want to like complain, right. but I was like, I just, I just would suggest yeah, maybe you maybe sit on those mattresses <laughs> and see that they need to be replaced. Right. <laughs> concrete is not the best option for yeah, the bedding. Yeah, so that's, so oh, I, that's the biggest thing. Make sure it's comfortable. Yeah. To stay in. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, I mean, I think the last thing we would both say, because, and we've said this a million times, if it's for a creative workspace, but really your home too, you know, I mean, throughout your home, like as budget allows or time, you know, find things that are functional, but beautiful, you know, that inspire you, that make you feel like I bought on our, our creative exponent retreat, a set of tablespoons that are brass that are, you know, cause I was out. I don't, I don't have a set anymore. Somehow they've all walked off and I have random teaspoons and tablespoons and, um, Actually, they're just still sitting in my office because I just love to look at them. And I'll use them for photo shoots with paint and things like that. But they will be a functional piece in the kitchen. So it's just, a, um, you know, it's a, it's a gift sort of to give yourself to take time to look for things that, um, especially for your creative workspace, that inspire you to work and to pick up your tools. But I would say throughout the rest of your home, too. I mean... I know this is a silly thing, but like Andrew did all this research on these like vacuums and he got this like little handheld Bissell that's awesome. And all you have to do is just walk around and like, boop, 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 you know, just grab mm-hmm. little bits of dog hair. And it's this tiny little, you know, it's this little thing that makes living easier. You know what I mean? Making your space yeah. functional and easy and comfortable. And um, yeah, so I just, I think... The biggest thing is just taking the time to see what you need and not being in a hurry to make it a show house immediately. You know, now again, with Airbnb, it's a little different because you you are trying to finish it and complete it. But I think you you said a wise thing, live in it for a few days and see what those comfort points are, you know, and um, and that makes a huge difference, you know, for a rental property. So, um, yeah, I think. It's fun. Let it be fun. Don't don't make it stressful. Let it, you know, yes. take your time and let yeah. it be fun. It's supposed to be a fun thing. It doesn't thing. need to be a serious no. thing. It's I, th- I think we take stuff like that way too seriously. We put way yeah. too much pressure and yep. we don't let it be this process that's an extension mm-hmm. of the life we want to live. And yeah. But your space is. It's very, it yeah. is very important. You want your workspace yeah. to feel you know, inviting and productive yeah. and you want, you know, your home to feel restful. You want your kitchen to yeah. be a place that like yeah. you get inspired to yeah. cook something or yeah. to make something like yeah. that. You just, that's what you want your spaces to do. They should work for you. They shouldn't be mm-hmm. a drain or no. an obligation or any of that. So we hope that'll, that'll help you out as we're yes. in the new year with just like, I know a lot of people this time of year are doing yeah. clean outs, organizing. Yep. I, I usually, and I probably will this year too, do a no spend February and mm-hmm. I'll combine that with just organizing and purging. Yeah. And, um, it's, man, it's great. It's yeah. so, but then of course I get like into September and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not worried about my no spend purging February. I don't care. I'm going to buy what I want to buy. Oh gosh. So anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I think and treat yourself to some fun things like Shauna was saying that are, 
you know, that just speak to you. I have some, uh, so a funny little side note. So back in December, I had, we had some, a really violent weather report. Mm -hmm. Like it was high risk of tornadoes. We were going to be getting very high winds. And so having just seen what happened in Kentucky and Mayfield Mm -hmm. and just having kind of those images in my head, I'm like, I'm want to take this seriously and at least like hopefully be able to, you know, save some things that, you know, take them to the basement with us. So it was practical things, but it was also like my watercolor boxes, my Victorian watercolor boxes (laughs) (laughs) and my silver dip pens. And I, you know, I had to kind of laugh at it. The stuff that I took down there with me, it was really funny. It's like our passports and, you know, an antique writing scope and a 1920s typewriter (laughs) and my son's diabetes care equipment and batteries. That's it. Right. Yeah, so have those things yeah. that you would want to rescue yeah. if yeah. you had a hurricane coming. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's what you should have in your house, not that's things right. that you're like, yeah, let it, let it get demolished. Let it burn. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So you have a creative contraption yes. to, to share with us. It's perfect for January. It is perfect for January, um, and it was unintentional, believe it or not. So... Our friend Michael at Inspired by Charm has recommended these planners for a couple of years now, and I have not bought one, but it is, it's called the Tidbit Planner, and I ordered the, who, who is it by? I don't know her personally. It is by, why can't I find her name? I thought there was a copyright. Well, if you just Google Tidbits Planners um, and Notebooks, you will find it, Um but I bought the the day planner. Um, so I am really, you know, and, and, and like Marion said, this time of year, you're you're really trying to figure out like, all right, which one, you know, if you're a planner person, I like having an analog and then I use my my calendar, um, you know, online. But I, I do have to have a list for, for days, every day. Um, so, of course, I just like the layout. And I kind of hate this is not a YouTube one, so I can show it to you. You've got sort of, of course, you know, your your look at January, let's just take January, of the, the entire month and a space for, you know, some notes. But then you've got sort of like a, a notebook style, you know, layout for January where you can kind of make some sections, maybe things you're working on or projects or upcoming, you know, events. And it's kind of notebook style, which I love because, again, that's like a place for a list versus... Um, all right, this is what I'm doing at this particular time. You know, I sort of like to say these are the big things I'm focusing on in January um, and every month. And then, you know, each week is laid out sort of in a column so that you have lots of space to write your daily list. And the truth is, if it's longer than this list in this planner, you're probably not going to get it done anyway. (laughs) So... (laughs) You need a big three, um, just a big that's three. That's <laughs> right. And it's got a great, like a habit tracker on that week. It's got a nice quote. And then it has another little note section. The What I like about it a lot is it, it comes in a different, you know, in different colors. Um, I actually ordered the journal too, but it folds flat. And, you know, the, it's a bound book, but I love a hard bound book. Um, I love the idea of filling shelves with those, but I tend to not ever buy planners that way and buy spiral ones because I hate 
that it won't lay flat, like despise hate. But this one lays totally flat when you open it up. Like even in the dead center, it's that's pretty that's pretty flat you know, for a bound book. So um, I'm excited to use it. I just think it's going to be a good a good tool. And I love the journal too. Um, and it comes in this handy box. It just is a nice like sit on the shelf, but also very functional planner. Yeah. So if you're in the market for a planner, check those out. Um, I think it's Cammie is her name. Tidbits Planners. Okay. Mm. Tidbits planners. So Shauna can do like a little tour on our Instagram stories to show it to you. Yes, Cammy Graham. There you go. There we go. Yep. Little plug for you there, Cammy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) When we could could remember your name. Right. We're terrible with names on this podcast. Yeah, we are. Notice if you've been with us for a while, you know that. But we do have a guest next week. Yes. Um, We're going to be talking to Scott Erickson. You can find him at Scott the Painter. on Instagram if you want to check him out ahead of time. And we're going to be talking about his book, Saying Yes After the Death of a Dream. And, oh, it's a good... We've already recorded the conversation. It's so good. (sighs) It will be on YouTube. And it's just... If you don't listen to any other podcast, just just listen listen to to that that one. one. That's right. Both Shauna and I have been like you know kind of marinating yeah. in, in his words and yeah. it's just been good it like was good. he's just a good person to talk to yeah so we highly recommend that you come join us next week for yeah. that episode see you then thank you for listening to the creative exponent podcast our original theme was written by a walker spring and recorded by ellie swope and johan wagner And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com. 